KXNO Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Iowa Cubs' magic number is nine to clinch a spot in the playoffs. A 5-2 win yesterday against Salt Lake brings the I-Cubs record to 66-55. Phillip Evans and Addison Russell with homers in the win. Ben Zobris looking to make his way back up with the Big Cubs will join the I-Cubs tomorrow in Memphis. Iowa State basketball opened up their tour of Italy with a big 94-77 win over the Netherlands. Terrence Lewis led the way for the Cyclones with 15 points. The Cyclones play again tomorrow against the Siena All-Stars. Yesterday in MLB, the Twins regained the lead in the American League Central. The Indians fell in 10 to the Red Sox 7-6. And down in the eighth inning, Marwin Gonzalez gives the Twinkies the lead. A drive to left center field. Deep to the gap. Marwin Gonzalez with a three-run home run. And the Twins take the lead. 7-5 the final on the call from Fox Sports North. Twins and Brewers back at it today at 110 in Milwaukee. The Cardinals with a 2-0 victory yesterday over the Royals as Carlos Martinez closes out the shutout. 2-0 pitch on a hop. DeYoung across the diamond. Cardinals have a 2-0 win here in game one. Well pitched. 13th save of the year for Martinez on the call from Fox Sports Midwest. Cardinals and Royals game two tonight from Kansas City. Hear the game right here on KXNO. Cubs fall last night 4-2 to the Phillies back at it 6-0-5 tonight as Cole Hamels makes his return to Philadelphia. The Cubs lead over the Cardinals down to a game in the NL Central. In tomorrow, sports wagering begins in the state of Iowa and KXNO will be at Prairie Meadows. All four local Local shows will emanate live from Prairie Meadows as wagering begins at 12 noon. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We've got another hour with you coming up in, oh, 10 minutes or so. David Kaplan uh, from NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000. We will talk to Cappy. We did earlier this morning. He's at Medina, uh, the Pro-Am, so he's got some golf coverage that he's going to sprinkle in i guess tiger is participating in the pro-am after withdrawing last week so um we'll get cappy in here mostly cubs and bears with cappy in about 10 minutes or thereabout and then kenny white on sports wagering he is uh, known as one of the um brightest guys in las vegas quite frankly uh he set the lines for absolute years uh, before this thing really exploded, and Kenny White's going to join us, Las Vegas sports consultants. He'll tell you about what he's got out. And if you're a sports betting connoisseur, if you're thinking about uh, you know taking a stab at it, so much information. He taught me more on sports wagering than anybody. Uh, just mm. pursuant to you know the value of college stadiums around the country, we'll get the latest as what Jack Trice is uh, home field advantage. It's not three. It's in college football, for the most part, anywhere, there's always a bigger number out there. Same with Kinnick. We'll do that and a couple of other things. He's going to join us about 1135, 1140. 
So let me ask you, Trent, because last yeah. week you mentioned the division odds, and we don't know what uh, William Hill is going to have available tomorrow at Prairie Meadows. Correct. We're and certainly anxious to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you shared with some division odds that were somewhat surprising in a lot of cases. Update us. Do you have any update on those? Yeah, these uh, these came from Bovada, and we talked a lot about the odds in the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. Those haven't changed a ton, but Iowa went from a 5-1 to one dog, now plus 475, so at least a yeah, little movement. Right. The most significant move, though, is to win the whole Big Ten. And as I told you, Iowa at 36-1 to 1 at that time feels like, at, at the very least, a flyer. But more than a flyer. He's right. I, that, that price was incredible. They had to have dropped significantly. Cut in half? 22-1 to 1 now. It's almost cut in half. 22-1. Yes. That is a significant move, mm-hmm. though, going mm-hmm. from that, that quickly, too. I mean, we're talking just a couple of days and... Yeah, I don't know how much liability they have on how many bets they've taken, but you're right. It's a big drop. That's a big drop from 36 to 1 to 22 to 1. We weren't the only months. ones that thought that there's some yes. vulnerability there. That, in that one line. was off, and, and we're big seeing time. that now. Northwestern moved up, though. Did they? They were 28 to 1, now 30 to 1 to win the whole thing. Big kind of thing. Yeah. Fitzgerald in November. You know, that's. Remember the old Iowa early in the Kirk <laughs> Ferentz era? Yes. Oh, you just wait, wait till, till Ferentz gets you in November. Yep. He's going to get you then. Mm-hmm. And not anymore. Night. That. Line of thinking is certainly dissipated. It's Pat Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. and if he can just keep his team's head above water, that schedule is so front loaded. If they're even three and three, they're in great shape. They're in well, me, excellent shape. Let me get to win the division schedules. again. Let me get their schedule so we can share that with. It's you. Stanford right away. Yeah, Stanford week one, then a bye, then UNLV, Michigan State. Could jump right into Big Ten play in week three. So the first six, you're looking at Stanford, UNLV, Michigan State, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, <laughs> bye, home to Ohio State. Is that right on a Friday night? Yes, yeah, that's Bang. one of those Friday games that they're working on. L- well, I don't. I mean, I don't love it for yeah, and it's Northwestern. You can play a game in Chicago. Yes, um, it's in Evanston. It's not in Chicago. Right, right. You get my point, though. Um, so. Yeah, you'd sign for three and three right now in a heartbeat. Yes, Stanford's doing me no picnic. And then look at the back half of it after it uh, eases up. After, after they pl- homecoming is to Iowa the following week. Here's their final five games: at Indiana, home to Purdue, who beat them in just a. Did Northwestern Purdue win the game last year? Remember, it was on Thursday night. It was Thursday night. It was Northwestern because Purdue kept getting personal fouls. That's what it was. Remember, yeah, they kept those... peeing down their leg. Yes. I mean, not just. No, egregious. They yes. gave them the game. There is no yes. doubt. Yes, yeah. you're right. I remember that now. So at Indiana, home to Purdue, UMass. <laughs> Minnesota game's tricky, if I'm right. Tricky, but if they're four and three after that stretch of their first seven, mm-hmm. you're going to put up some wins. 30 to one. Yeah, just, six to one to win the division. Just, just with yeah, represent the West, and you mm-hmm. got to fight a puncher's chance, and then at Illinois to end it. Yeah, the fr- it is absolutely front loaded. That's crazy. Um, where's Nebraska? Nebraska to win the Big Ten as a whole. Yes, still the third choice. They were ten to one, if you remember. Mm-hmm. They've moved now to eight to one. All right, those Cornhusker fans are still yeah. spending their money. Doesn't matter what number you give them, they're going to bet them anyway. Absolutely. To win, uh, Gophers. Uh, Gophers are at eighteen to one. And where were they? They were right in that range. I, I think maybe 16 to 1, right? Very, very similar overall. Division odds, though, haven't moved a ton. Still 3 to 1 for Nebraska to win the West, 7 to 2 for Wisconsin. So that hasn't moved a lot, but it's been the overall Big Ten odds that have moved more than anything. Well, Iowa, that was a terrible, terrible. It was line. a bad number. Yes. Bad work, Bovada. Uh, we'll take a time out. David Kaplan will join the program next. Kenny White more. By the way, did you see Hard Knocks? I'm just seeing it on TV. I did. What a show. 
I loved it. How, how, how good is John Gruden? Oh, he is such a goober. I mean, he is just, he embodies. He's football coach. He is football coach. Yes. And he gets he gets a crack of smile, and then he comes right back. And oh, he's he pissed Staffs off. him right back. <laughs> right. He's going to pull it back in. Yeah. The singing. Yeah. Hunter Renfro, every time you see that guy, how in God's he's green not, earth. Really? Does that guy play football at the I D1 know. level? I know. And not only play football. He looks D1 like a kid man. that would struggle to play at Coast. Yes. That, would, that shouldn't be on the field at Warburg. Trent, look at his college career and the big spots that he yes. made play after play after play. He's going to make the team. He's going to make the Raiders. He does not look like a football player. No, he doesn't no. look like a wide receiver. He no. doesn't look like a guy that belongs. But he belongs. You know who he looks like? He looks like Frank Camp from Wichita State. He does. <laughs> Frank Camp. He does. It's a great call. We'll take a timeout. David Kaplan joins the program next, 12 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Kenny White on, on sports wagering about 11.35, 11.40. I think it's going to be a very entertaining piece. Uh, as we continue on here, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14.60. Your foursome. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 14.60 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Time to talk to our buddy in Chicago. He's David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. He joins us. We'll get into the Cubs last night. They got a big spot tonight as Hamill tries to even the series with Philly at one apiece after they fell last night. Lots of ground to cover with our guy, Cap Trenton. Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, David Kaplan? I am doing very, very well. I'm out here at Medina Country Club, one of the premier country clubs in the world, and they're the BMW is going to be taking place here. Today's the Pro-Am, and I am doing my radio show. I'm literally at the putting green, and I just saw um, Patrick Reed walk right by me. Patrick Reed, uh, winner last weekend. And Tiger is playing, correct? He showed up, and he's on the course? Tiger is actually on the course right this very second. He is out there, and he is playing in the Pro-Am today with one of the top sponsors. Well, that's a good sign. Maybe uh, maybe he'll be able to make it through the weekend. Well, Cap, a lot of ground to cover with you. I guess we should start. Well, you know where I want to start. I want to go back to the weekend before we get into last night, etc. Uh, Joe Madden, uh, in the, uh, I believe it was the Chicago Tribune, correct me if I'm wrong, mentioned that he he plans on being in Chicago as the, as the Cubs manager for at least two more years. Uh, did that catch some people off guard? And do you think that there, there's a chance that that actually happens? Well... Can you tell me if this team's going to make a deep playoff run and maybe have a chance to win another World Series? If that, you know, all transpires, yeah, Joe Madden's going to be here. Um, I think some of it's overblown that it's all, he, if they don't win, he's out. Uh, if they don't go to the playoffs, I don't think he's back. I don't. But if you told me they do win the division and they end up making a decent run, he probably comes back. But We'll see. I think Joe said if it's about wins and losses, they would have already signed me. Uh, it's not about wins and losses. It is about just the process and the way they do everything, and I think it will end up that Joe probably ends up staying. But, again, we can't figure out yet where this team is. I mean, they keep struggling on the road, yep. so we'll have to figure it all out. Cap, has it been a distraction at all, Madden's contract? Uh, I don't think so, and I've asked players that, and you know, Anthony Rizzo said to me, no, it hasn't been a distraction at all. He goes, why would it be? He goes, we go to work mm-hmm. and we go, you know, and play. And that's all we do. We don't really, he said, I love Joe, but this has nothing to do with us showing up every day going, oh, God, I wonder if our manager's mm-hmm. back. He goes, we're all trying to, you know, get contracts or 
stay in the big league, the whole deal. So Riz does not concur that it's a distraction. It's been inconsistent. It's been a frustrating year, no doubt, yet still everything in front of this team. As you look forward over the final, what, six and a half, seven weeks of the season, what needs to change? What needs to change to make you a believer come playoff time that this team can make a run? Same thing I've told you guys for a while now. They have to extract more out of their offense. Their starting pitching is going to be good enough. I still think their bullpen will be enough. That it's not great, but it will be okay. But in the end, can they score runs or not? And right now, this team is not extracting, as Joe Madden would like to put it, enough out of their offense. Absolutely insane to me that this team, with this type of talent, this type of payroll, can't score more runs. It's insane to me. So... Mm. We'll see. Cap, last night, uh, look, I'm not blaming the loss on Ian Happ. He's been really good, especially with the bat in his hand. I mean, the pop-up was egregious, and as uh, your buddy David DeJesus on the post-game said last night, and you saw, we all saw it. I mean, there was an incident a couple innings later, uh, and I agree, that's Al Mora's ball, and they did speak to each other after uh, Happ did catch the ball. But, Cap, it seemed like, you know, here we go again for a minute there. It was like, oh, my God, he's going to drop this again. Yeah, we were all nervous, thinking... Oh, boy, he is going to end up dropping another one? You've got to be kidding me. But it didn't end up happening. But we also, David, who played center field, and Doug Glanville both said, Albert Almora, what are you doing? You've got to call the guy off and make the play. And he wasn't real definitive on it either. Mm-hmm. And then there was a play where you would have had an out at second base, and he dropped the ball, dropped the ball on yeah. a pack play. It would have been close, but you might have gotten the guy. I think you would have so, got him. I do, too. So, you know, so, look. He's a good offensive player, but he is a lousy second baseman, and that's just a fact. So uh, the bullpen looks like it's going to have some help on the way. Three guys kind of bagged up right now with uh, Kinsler, Kimbrell, and Steve Ciszek. What are you hearing about those guys? And, boy, you get three guys back, all of a sudden the bullpen. It it has a different complexion if those guys are right. It it does. You, you You lengthen your bullpen. You have veteran guys pitched in big situations, and that's all great. But Tishak hasn't been great either, so let's mm-hmm. be honest there. He has not been sensational. So they've got to get guys who are impactful in how they perform, and they have some veteran presence that can handle the stress of September because that's right around the corner. And if you can't, then what are we doing here? We're kind of, uh, what do they call it, whizzing in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Spinning their wheels, no, no doubt about it. David Kaplan is our guest. Cap, you mentioned Rizzo a couple of minutes ago. What's wrong with him? I don't know, and I'm going to actually be talking to him today, and I'm going to ask him that very question. Anthony, are you healthy? Because you're a big, strong dude. I see how hard you work in the gym. I bump into him you know, in, in a health club that we're both members at. And if they have a 7.05 night game at Wrigley, I will bump into him at times at 12.30, 1 o'clock. He's in the gym lifting with his trainer, mm. stretching, getting ready, and goes right from there grabs the juice, goes to the ballpark, and then continues his prep, and is he's a beast. I, I have no idea in the era of juice baseball why he's struggling to this degree. Hmm. 
Cap, two more on the Cubs, and then we'll switch to the Bears. A lot of excitement. I know Trent's uh, jumping out of his skin. He's wanting to get to talk a little Bears there, his squad. Hey, look, Quintana last night, Cap, that was unbelievable. Strikes out the side uh, in his final inning of work, the sixth inning, to set a career-high 14 strikeouts. Boy, when he's good, he's really good. The, the pitch to Real Muto aside, I mean, Real Muto is an all-star, for God's sakes. That's going to happen. Quintana was awesome. Uh, what does that do in your mind uh, for this rotation? I'm not saying he's going to get it uh, be like this every night, but boy, when he's on, my God. Yeah, he was really, really good. And, you know, what was really interesting, we talked about the post game, was he was able to elevate his fastball. And his fastball is not coming in there at 99, it's coming in 90, 90 to 92. And he's able to elevate it because guys are thinking, oh boy, here comes that big hook. Oh boy, here comes the changeup. And when he's able to locate his fastball, whether it's inside or outside, right-hand hitter, left-hand hitter, and then all of a sudden he's down, 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 and he changes the eye level, they like to call it, and boom, there's a fastball. It looks like, as DeJesus said to me, dude, when he does that, 78, 84, 79, 83, 88, bam, 93, and it's elevated, it looks like it's 95 and it makes it much tougher to catch up with. Last thing on baseball, Cap, uh, and Tony Kemp was the victim of it last night. Marty Foster did not have a good night behind home play, and I'm not saying that his call in the ninth inning was the reason they didn't win. However, it's the what's the first out of the inning. It's a 3-2 count. You get Kemp on, and he can run like the wind. Maybe it's a different story. But my question to you, Cap, because it certainly looks like that to me, and we both watched a ton of baseball as we you know, get older. Uh, get older. I guess that's one of the bad things and the good things. But is, is umpiring in general, and maybe it's just it's the it's the you know it's the home plate umpire. Are, is it worse than you've ever seen? It certainly looks like that to me. Look, I've never been a proponent of getting robots to call balls and strikes, and I'm still not. And I've asked Ozzie Guillen, who was a shortstop, the Jesus center fielder, Doug Glanville, center fielder. I've asked all these guys. None of them want it. But there also has to be some level of accountability when Tony, or Marty Foster makes that catch or that call last night on Tony Kemp or Angel Hernandez misses consistently yeah. in the same spot off the plate. And you're going, really? Really? Is that what we're going to do here with a, potentially a pennant on the line and a guy who's five foot six is going to get a pitch at his shoulders off the plate on top of it? call the strike in the ninth inning that just can't happen that cannot happen and there's got to be some way in situations like that 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 is rectifiable whether it's for the cubs against the cubs whatever the case may be that was awful cap let's get into the bears preseason game number one in the books last week against carolina the starting quarterback mitchell trubisky three snaps three handoffs then afterwards (laughs) matt Nagy said that might be all we see out of trubisky in the preseason. What's happening here? Uh, that is the way they did it last year. And Matt told me when we were together, he said, kid, I'm worried about September 5 when the Green Bay <laughs> Packers roll into Chicago. And if our quarterback goes down, our season is really, really in trouble. So he does not care. He feels like he can extract what he wants in terms of training Mitchell Trubisky or whoever it is, the new defensive coordinator and his guys, he feels like as long as I have Khalil Mack in the lineup September 5, 
why would I risk him against the Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, whoever the case may be, in a preseason game that really means nothing? Uh, Cap, uh, the kicking situation is still a big talker, and you're certainly no bigger, better than we do here in Des Moines, but it certainly seems like it's not going away. It, it looked uh, for a while, I'm not sure if it was Sunday or Monday, the days blend together, that maybe there's going to be a solution with Kerry Vedvik, who is apparently on the trading block with the Ravens, and he's coming to a team in the uh, NFC North. Well, Schefter was right. He was on the block, and he did go to a team in the NFC North, but not the one that we thought needed the kicker. Uh, the Bears kicking situation still up in the air. Might Dan Bailey be the guy once he seemingly inevitably is released at, uh, with uh, Minnesota, or are these kickers starting to you know turn the corner in a positive way? Yeah, I'm not convinced that they think that one of the two guys that they have is <clears throat> going to be the answer to what ails them. Uh, they did call on Kari Vedvik, and the problem was they have a lot less draft capital because their draft capital wears jersey number 52 and is going to the Hall yep. of Fame someday. <laughs> yes. Hopefully that's in a Bears jersey. Uh, and so they offered a conditional fifth-round pick. Said, all right, if the guy's that good and he plays a certain level for us, we'll give you a fifth-round pick and we'll find a way to go get one. But if he doesn't, we don't owe it to you. And Minnesota said, yeah, no conditions. We'll guarantee you the fifth-round pick. So what would you do if you were Baltimore? So they ended up making the deal with Minnesota. I think Chicago's going to scour the waiver wire. They're going to look at every available option. You know, there's two kickers in the Carolina camp. There's two in the Indianapolis camp. So at some point, they may have to step up and part with a draft pick. But right now, Ryan seems convinced that he can find who he needs before September 5th. So uh, Vic Fangio now is passing kidney stones out in Denver, the new defensive scheme with Chuck Pagano, elite talent with Khalil and everybody else on this defense. But what's going to look different? What do you think this defense is going to be with Chuck Pagano at the helm? Uh, I think it's going to look very similar to what you saw last year with the exception of a little bit more aggressiveness in terms of stunts, pressuring the passer via the blitz, and just turning guys loose with a little bit more reckless abandon than Vic Fangio was comfortable doing. Vic was more, we're going to be very wedded to our scheme, and we are going to be very, very loyal to our spots and to our men and our responsibilities because we can get home and we don't need to blitz. Chuck is the guy who said, hey, we're going to make sure that you're not comfortable back there. And I watched a a thing that Buddy Ryan said, uh, the late Buddy Ryan. I watched something a couple weekends ago. I'm sitting at home. It's raining. I'm going through YouTube, and I find this Buddy Ryan interview. And he said, look, I'm the coordinator of the 85 Bears, the 46th defense. And let me just tell you, we're not going to let you sit back there and pick us apart. If i got to send eight, I'll send eight. I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure you don't have time to exploit the back end of our defense, even though I think it's good. I am going to make sure you're always looking over your shoulder. And I think Chuck Pagano subscribes to that philosophy with a defense that maybe it isn't the 85 Bears, but it's pretty damn good. Cap, uh, we saw a lot of valuation during the offseason after the draft about David Montgomery. What a debut for him. Uh, how, he looked incredibly good. The excitement must be through the roof over there for the newest running back for the Bears. Uh, you're talking about David Montgomery? Yes. Yeah. David Montgomery is so well-liked, and I'm not even talking about his talent level yet. I'm <laughs> talking about how he has assimilated himself 
into that room, that franchise, the Chicago fan base. I mean, this guy, everybody loves him. He is a quality human being, and he's a damn good football player. And the Bears are the beneficiaries of a system where the running back position has Mm -hmm. become devalued. Because if you go back 15 years and drop David Montgomery into that draft, there is zero chance he's wearing a Bear jersey because he's gone in the first round. No doubt about it. Cap, last thing, 20 seconds. Hamels today coming off a bad start. Chatwood really picked him up in Cincinnati. What do you need? What do the Cubs need from him tonight? They, this is the first time he's ever pitched as a visitor in that stadium. Really? So I know it's going to be emotional for him. Uh, he was traded in 15. His last start was a no-hitter for the Phillies at Wrigley, if you remember, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, I do. That was on the 25th or 6th, and then the 31st, they ended up getting rid of him. And he's now coming back for the first time. Hard to believe. He'll be emotional. He'll be fired up. He needs to give them some length, six to seven really good innings. But the bottom line is, if Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Jason Hayward and Nick Castellanos and name the hitters, if these guys don't deliver, they're not going to win. David Kaplan from Chicago brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cap, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. All right. Now, by the way, I just saw Phil Mickelson go by. So nice. <laughs> I tried to give him the phone to go on with you guys, and he said no. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you, Capper. Not coming out with me either. I'll see you. <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> David Kaplan from Chicago, Centurion Stone of Iowa, uh, makes it possible. We're certainly grateful for that. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior, or don't forget about the interior, too. It looks awful good in your home. Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Uh, manufactured, how about this number, 200 different color and pattern combination. Centurion Stone of Iowa, we can check them out online right in the middle. As soon as you log on to the website, there's a, a big blue button there to tell us about your project so you can get started if you're so inclined. Uh, if I were you, I would start with a visit to the showroom after you get to the website. Uh, Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 to be precise. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Well, the David Kaplan News certainly doesn't catch anybody in our listening audience off guard. Just what a good human being he yes is. yeah david montgomery that kind of stories those stories that are out yep. there going back to his days and aims and that was always what you heard about him it wasn't just what a football player he was mm-hmm. but the kind of person that he was and befriending that young kid as he did that young yes. boy that was going through some tough times you know and th- that's such a great thing to see because we've seen plenty of programs that have made leaps like iowa state has the last couple of years kind of come out of nowhere but they do it cutting corners taking some bad dudes now a lot of times that's more kind of a basketball thing, you see that. But you do see it in football, too. Not the case here. No. It's, it's it's not cutting corners. It's not going out there and just bringing in talent for the sake of talent. It's also bringing in good people. And the culture that we talked about a lot. We don't talk about culture, you and I, very often. Iowa State football, though, does have a different kind of culture now. No doubt about it. Meanwhile, the Raiders have Vontez Burfitt and Richie Incognito. <laughs> what does that say? Uh, they're certainly not choir boys. All right. Uh, as we've said a couple of times throughout the show, coming up next, Trent and I are going to have, a, I think, a really fun conversation with Kenny White. Sports wagering, as you know. If you haven't heard, <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> starts tomorrow at, at uh, 1130. Thanks the, for joining us for the first time. Right, uh, 1130. That, uh, uh, will be the ceremony, if you will, and then noon, the, uh, the first wagers will be made. 
made. As I've said, Kenny White, who's going to join us next, 10, I don't remember how many years ago, 10, 12 years ago, you know, I've always been um, the one that people ask, well, what's Jack Trice's stadium worth? What's Kinnick's value of their stadium? Because it's not a three points. It's not the home team automatically gets three. In college, right. it's different. He's the guy that told me that the biggest two home field advantages in college football are, believe it or not, Boise State and Hawaii. Kenny White joins the program next. What is the most recent Jack Trice Stadium value? Likewise at Kinnick. Those questions and more with a guy who's set to join us all season long, and we're certainly looking forward to it. He pays his next visit next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Excited to talk to our next guest. Been a while since, well, we spoke yesterday, but prior to yesterday, it had been a while too long. Uh, Kenny White, as I said earlier in the program, taught me more about sports wagering than, than anybody, quite frankly, with the uh, stadium values uh, throughout different college stadiums around the country, power rankings, how important all of this is. And he joins us for the first time this season. Kenny, my, well, you know me, Trent Condon's yeah. my partner. Ken Miller, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It, it's it's been a whirlwind. I tell you, publishing this magazine has been crazy, and and I'm I'm glad you uh, got a lot out of our conversations and 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 have used it personally. And I hope the magazine, and that's why I published the magazine, is really to teach people how to handicap. I've had great feedback. One guy says, I've never made a total in my life. I'm going home tonight hmm. to make the total on every game to see how far off we are, and then I'm going to make some bets. <laughs> well, and you'll be able to do that here for those people in our listening audience, be able to do that tomorrow, believe it or not, as Iowa becomes the uh, most recent state to offer sports. You know where I want to start with you, Kenny, and I want to go back to one of our one of our uh, times we spent in your office when you were educating me on the you know the stadium value pursuant to the point spread, and at the time you told me the two biggest home field advantages were Boise State and Hawaii. Is that still the case? Yeah, they're both still great uh, home field advantages, obviously. Uh, you know, and Hawaii, you know, I've kind of tried to change a little bit of that's – that's a great one. I'm glad you brought that up because I talk a lot about home field advantage and what it is, and it's the crowd noise and the crowd level. Um, getting – being loud enough and voiceless enough that really affect the officiating – you know, or referees or umpires, whatever sport we're talking about, that's home field advantage. That's really it is because the field sizes are all generally identical to where you play, but travel is a, is another indicator. So, boy, that's a great point. Hawaii, it's more the travel, yep. which, which affects that home field. And I do add that in there. So I'm, you're going to, you're making me think right now that I may have to change a little bit of that because Wyoming's the same way. Mm, they don't get yeah. great crowds, but the travel to get there is so difficult. And sometimes even the weather and the, you know, Hawaii, you're going to Hawaii, you're on vacation, you feel like, so you may, may lose some focus, but, uh, Boise State, another one. So, yeah, I'm going to start probably trying to change something in my magazine. You just brought up a good point. That's, uh, <laughs> Uh, number 101 I have to change for next year. <laughs> Indeed. You know, so so let's just finish up uh, with, with Jack Trice. I think at the time you told me it was about four or four and a half. Of course, it's all bowled in. The place is banged out every day. That The team is going to be so much better than uh, this year than we think they've ever been before. And I think you told me at the time Kinnick was five or five and a half. Top of your head, do, do those numbers, have they changed a little bit maybe over the years? Um, I have uh, Jack Trey Stadium five and a half points for a conference game, I, I, and I'm I'm ready to move it up because they're 
25 and 18 over the last five years, but better than that since Matt Campbell's been there at home, 19 and eight covering spreads. Um, I, I'm ready to move that to even a six. And I tell people that's what the book's made for. The, this book's made to write in and to change numbers if you don't like what I've got at a power rating. And, and, and they're meant to adjust. So I'm going to adjust rating after every game. But I'm going to adjust the number right now in my book with my pen, and I'm going to make Jack Trice worth six points right now, mm-hmm. knowing knowing how good they are over the last three years, 19 and 8. I want to be betting on that team. So the reason why I'm – you never make a bet just because of a trend or, or an angle or a point spread uh, or an ATS record, but you ha- you help it make a better line so that when you do have a difference, that that you do make that bet. So I don't want to be betting against Iowa State at home. Now on the flip side, Iowa State five and a half at home, um, and I and I put a non-conference value in in this year, which is identical for Iowa five and a half first non-conference teams. And Kurt Ferentz is twenty-two and nineteen ATS against conference, eleven and eleven. Versus non-conference, those are those are uh, you know those are home and away, but they're sixteen and eighteen uh, at home covering the spreads the last five years. So it hasn't been great. Maybe they are losing just a little bit of that home field advantage. So your power numbers for the year, you have Iowa State in your top twenty-five, your top thirty that you have out. Kenny, you have Iowa though quite a bit lower, pretty significant drop down for the Hawkeyes. They check in at number sixty-one. What is it about this Hawkeye team that they're lower? in your power numbers coming into the season? Yeah, I think right now it's it's going to be the defense. When I look at their defensive uh, depth chart, I have five players that are only a half a point better than the average player. And even on offense, the offensive line has two two players that are just a half a point better than the average guy. So the weakness right now, offensive line, and um, I'm going to say probably just the overall defense because they've kind of got a – they got two guys on the defensive line, two linebackers, so you're you're – your, your front seven may be a little bit weaker at Iowa. The, the division, the West division, is so tough. Great coaches everywhere and really good football teams. So um, Wisconsin, uh, they're in the same division. I'm down on Wisconsin a little bit. So this could be a long year for, for Iowa Hawkeye fans. I hate to say it, but you know what? Iowa State, the Cyclones, I think, were in, in for a huge year, and it would not shock me if they beat Oklahoma and they were playing for the – for the conference championship, hmm. Texas are they in your mind? I, I picked Texas to win the win the Big Twelve. I mean, they've got a great quarterback. There's a lot of great quarterbacks in the league. I think Ellinger's got a chance to be a Heisman contender. Not sure he's going to win it, but I'm pretty sure he isn't actually. But where do you have Texas pursuant to the Big Twelve? In your mind, are they the team at the top of your power rankings? They are not. I I think I like Iowa State better. I've Iowa State rated. Uh, Right about the same. Uh, I, have, I have Texas a half point better, but the game is being played in um, in Ames at Iowa yep. State this year in Ames. So that's you know that home field advantage. I just pushed it up to six. That made my number a half a point higher on Iowa State in that game. So I have them finish with an identical same conference record, but I give Iowa State the tiebreaker for the win that they get at home. Uh, I like the Cyclones. As I said, I, I think that they got a, ch- a chance to beat Oklahoma. When I when I handicapped their team this year, I spent three hours on every team. And when I finished handicapping the Cyclones, I said, where do they play Oklahoma? I got to look. Because if they play them in Ames, they got a shot to win that game and win the conference this year. And you know, It was on the road, and I thought, well, it's going to be a double-digit point spread. But, well, you never know. Matt Campbell is a great coach. Oklahoma's offensive line is completely uh, is gone to the NFL. Uh, they are going to, you know, reload with a couple of players with some experience. But if there's a weakness, it's on that offensive line. Iowa State could pull the upset off, but Texas, 
Tom Herman has been a great coach as an underdog coach. He's now got the target on his back a little bit. Everybody's he has shown improvement. The program is much better. I still don't think they've hit that next level yet. It may be another year, but and I and I do like Ellinger. I've got him pretty. I've got him rated very high in my quarterback uh, uh, rankings. He's seven points better than the average college quarterback. Which uh, I'm looking for my list right now, which I put in the book. I rank every position. Uh, Mellinger's got to be up there pretty high. He's going to be tied for the 11th best quarterback in the country, but he's tied with about eight or nine other guys. Wow. Uh, hey, what other on the local front at the FCS level? You have you and I in your top ten, Northern Iowa, the Panthers. Last year, a bit of a disappointment. They snuck into the playoffs. Of course, trying to chase down North Dakota State, always difficult. How much goes in? We, I'm sure you put a ton of work into your numbers at the FBS level. How much do you do at the FCS, though? I do. I don't put as much in. As I said, I about three hours on every FBS team. I put in about an hour to hour and a half on the FCS schools. and um, I still do all the ratings, but I don't get to dig down as deep. But this year, I felt like this is my strongest. And I've been betting the FCS for about eight years now, and I do very, very well in it. I feel like this year is my best ratings that I've ever done for the FCS. I feel very strong about it. Uh, yeah, Northern Iowa, I've got the eighth best team in the country, uh, 89.5 points. Uh, my, my ratings, I based them to make this very easy for everybody. Now, I, I individually rate every player on every team. Zero is the average player. I give a guy's a zero. My, my family was like, how can you tell somebody they're a zero? I'm like, well, I have to have a starting point. So zero is the starting point. If you're above a zero, you're above average. If you're below a zero, you're below average. And, you know, that's, I just said, hey, work a little bit harder if you're a zero or you're below average. Get to be above average guy. Um, and those ratings, I rate each player at their position for their size, height, weight, strength, experience. Uh, speed, and any other intangibles I have for the position they play. Um, so 100 comes out to be the average football team. So now you know the eye test. If you're watching a football mm-hmm. game, it, by looking at my ratings, you flip the game on and say, okay, what's Ken got these two teams rated at? Iowa State 109, uh, Northern Iowa 89 and 89 and a half. I've got a 20-point difference, and that's on a neutral field. So from that point, you know the game. Iowa State's supposed to win by about 20 on the neutral. Uh, you watch the game and how it's played. After the game, you know, I always check the box or look for yards per play. I look for turnovers. I look for defensive touchdowns and make adjustments and say, you know, this team's a little lucky. They were unlucky. And then I make my adjustments on that game. And I don't adjust up and down identical on both times. Sometimes I'll adjust just one team, leave the other the same. Like if Northern Iowa plays a great game against Iowa State, I'm not going to knock Iowa State because they, you know, obviously may not have that same 100% focus they would have against a, uh, a conference team, and I don't want to know where they're ranking for that game. But I would raise Northern Iowa up if they played ex- exceptionally well in that football game. Kenny White is our guest. Uh, you can follow him online, K Whitey Vegas. Uh, more, more about his uh, college football power rankings. It's a must-have. I've got it in front of me right now. At least the online version, and that's available as well. Uh, so, so with sports wagering starting tomorrow, there's a lot of people that have never placed a bet that are that are going to dip their toe in the water for the first time. What you're providing here, and I want to give you plenty of opportunity to uh, to you know make sure that our audience knows where it's available, how they can get it. But this isn't above anybody's head, right? If you're a novice in this, it's very. I think, Kenny, it, it's you can get a pretty good grasp of this pretty quickly. I very quickly, I, and you know, it, it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of research, and the more research you do, uh, the more information you find out, the better you get. And you got to remember. 
sports betting is like a, a, a three tiers. You, you do the you do the work, you get the information, you come up with the play, you shop for a good number, and what I mean by that is a good point spread because you're gonna you're going to have different opportunities to play at different books. And I always say, minimum you should have at least three places to be able to bet at. So that way you can look at at least three different lines. Mm-hmm. And, and take the best line available. So if you, if you like Iowa State, they're minus seven. You call, uh, company ABC, minus seven. XYZ, they're minus seven. And then you go to your third choice and they have minus six and a half. That laying that six and a half is saving you about four percent. You're gonna, you're, you have a four percent better chance to win that bet, which is gigantic over the long run. And then the, and then the last part is the money management. Don't over bet because you found that six and a half. You did the work to find it. Make stay with your bankroll bet, and I usually suggest about two to two and a half percent of your bankroll. There'll be some games that you know we're we're going to be five six points off on, and you may want to go three percent or three and a half percent. But I I never say more than that because you know what they're going to sing the national anthem somewhere today, tomorrow, the next day, next <laughs> month, next year. It's a it's a marathon, not it a sprint. Is. All right, uh, how can people find it? We got forty five seconds left. Easy, easy. It's KennyWhiteSports.com. I named it that so I could remember the website's name <laughs> myself. KennyWhiteSports.com. Get there. We're also going to have a projection model that will update the power ratings each week, updates the projected scores of every team in their schedule, which you can find in the book now, but yep. you know things are going to change. So those scores will be updated on that website as well. Great to talk to you, Kenny White. Look forward to doing that throughout the season. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Yep. Enjoy the games. Good to talk to you, Kenny White. Uh, from Las Vegas. We are out of time. We will be at Prairie Meadows tomorrow. Five minutes, 24 hours and five minutes. <laughs> Curtains up. Murph and Andy at two. Fanatics at four. Morning Rush live from Prairie Meadows tomorrow morning. Miller and Condon at 10. Thanks for being here. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO.